Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based in West Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to our podcast, which I call It's Not About the Sex, also the title of my recent book. Here we focus on all topics related to compulsive sexual behavior, often referred to as sex addiction. In particular, we explore ways to build long-term sustainable recovery while establishing more meaningful connection and greater intimacy. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints, brand new perspectives, and practical user-friendly tools toward living a more deeply connected life. Let's get started. Buck Dodson is a board-certified life coach and licensed psychotherapist who is all in on helping gay men, women, and allies reimagine midlife to live with more freedom and joy give and receive abundant love, and share more of their gifts. Buck hosts the Gay Men's Life Lab podcast, and you can find him at buckdodson.com, on Instagram at buckdodsoncoaching, and by email at buck at buckdodson.com. I also have to add to this bio that I have known Buck a long time, uh, I was privileged to have Buck as an associate in my private practice here in Los Angeles back in 2005. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we're talking about 16 years and Buck left Los Angeles and is now based in Austin. And I'm just so pleased to have him here today to have a conversation and the conversation that Buck has chosen to focus on is called sharing your gifts and activating your superpowers, which is a very provocative title. I love that. <laughs> so tell us about the topic. What, what, what does that mean to you really? Yeah. So sharing your gifts and activating superpowers came to me. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Andrew. I'm just so thrilled to be here with you um, after um, our long journey together. So it's just so exciting to be here on your podcast. Um, but, you know, sharing your gifts is something that I came to as my work in midlife with clients and also in my own midlife process of really it being about coming to terms with really who I am, who we are at our, you know, most true, our essence. Because really what, you know, the central task when I'm working with clients at midlife is letting go of who we were, you know, told we were supposed to be, what we were, you know, told we should do, kind of all the masks that we wore in the first half and all the learning how to play by the rules and, and you know, all the things that we were kind of taught to do became who we were or who I am. The me I identified with is really, you know, a kind of defined for me in that first half. So sharing your gifts really at midlife is really about letting go of all that so that you can bring out who you really are, you know, what your, you know, what your truth is, what your authentic self is. Mm -hmm. um, so I came by really by way of my own journey at midlife and then helping clients do that and, and really giving people permission that they maybe didn't have before. Um, to be themselves. It sounds so simple, but you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, right. especially in recovery. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, being yourself is so it's the journey really. Right. 
Right. I mean, yeah, I agree. It sounds so simple and yet it's, it's so profound. Mm. And I'm wondering if, if you would be uh, willing to share a little bit about your own journey in terms of, of how this developed internally, because to tell you the truth, and I have a background as a coach as well, a lot of coaches out there are branding from the outside in, mm -hmm. right? They start out there somehow, like creating some something that that they they latch on to. But but I know you, Buck, and, and you mm -hmm. really are branding from the inside out. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear a little bit more about what that journey has been. Yeah, well, that um, I love that branding from the inside out. Um, yeah, you know, my journey as um, a, a psychotherapist and a coach, but really as a, you know, I, I attribute my journey and finding my gifts and, and activating my superpowers to like coming out when I was 15 and coming to terms with being this different little boy growing up in Texas. And, you know, uh, I mean, I had a love, I always say I had a loving, but very dysfunctional family um, with a lot of addiction and all sorts of trauma. Um, but within that experience, you know, kind of tapping into somehow this, um, this sensitivity and this also this like grit and perseverance um, and a lot of color, uh, just a very, I used to dress up as uh, boy George I grew up in the I was a child of the 80s and I really like boy George was like my I loved boy George so I used to like like put on drag all my mom's drag and then like go go out as boy George but I somehow managed to you know um, come out both within myself and then come out later as a gay adolescent and gay man uh, through that experience and that really was the beginning of me working from the inside I had to I had to call deep on something because honestly, no one really was around, uh, you know, and I was kind of, I was a classic Gen X latchkey kid uh, with parents who were boomers kind of chasing their own dreams and also kind of lost in their own addictions and codependency. And so I was on my own with my sister. And so, you know, that led me to ultimately to LA um, to, you know, I wasn't going to become a star, but I did go out there to heal. That was kind of my thing. I was going to go out and heal. And I was, mm -hmm. you know, I was like sober and I'm now I'm going to, I'm 24 and I'm going to move to LA and like, you know, I like go vegan and be like this, like Southern California kid. Um, mm -hmm. Eventually I became, you know, I, I ventured into therapy and, you know, started to facilitate healing uh, with people, which actually I, to take that back just a one minute, like I got into therapy when I was 15. Um, mm. so when I came out, my mom the next day left a post-it on my bedroom door that said, I love you. And, and then I think the day after that, she was like, and you're going to go to therapy <laughs> because she was like, I don't know what to do with this. And like, you need help and I need help. She ended up in therapy actually mm -hmm. after that. But, mm. um, that was the beginning of having mm -hmm. to search inside. Um, and I, I went through depression, uh, various forms of addiction, codependency is my drug of choice, um, along with a few other things. But mm -hmm. you know that I, um, that whole journey, you know, really was 
I had to find myself through that and then eventually mm -hmm. became, you know, a professional healer. Um, so it wasn't until later that I became a coach and you were, in fact, were my first introduction to coaching, mm. um, you know, which that wasn't our relationship because right. you were my clinical supervisor, but you were a recovery coach yes. and you were, and I just remember thinking, oh, Andrew's a therapist and a coach and somehow that's possible. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I, like you, I never wanted to be a coach who didn't work at a deep level. Mm -hmm. I love that, mm. right? Because it, it does distinguish you from the average coach out there. And and although I believe wholeheartedly in coaching, uh, I also believe it's a very particular model that is delicate and, and has a, a, a frame that you get to determine. And, and you know, knowing you, Buck, I know you bring integrity to all of that. And, and so I, I, I'm just, you know, glad that, that things have unfolded in a way that, that you get to really play with both. Cause I think they're both so, so important. Yeah. And, and, and the population that you work with, I understand, um, is helping folks in their forties and fifties to reimagine life, which mm -hmm. is a fantastic term, reimagining life. And, and to suggest that, that sharing one's unique gifts is, is one of the keys to a fulfilling midlife, right? So, so talk more about these gifts and, and why is this also really important to a fulfilling life in recovery? Mm, I love that. I love those questions. Um, yeah, so these gifts, like I said before, and I, you know, when we think of gifts, I think we automatically go to like talents or achievements. Uh, or aptitudes. And so I want, those are expressions of gifts and those are a part of the gifts that I'm talking about. But really, you know, the, the, the sort of core gift uh, that I'm talking about sharing is really the gift of you, your contribution and participation in this, like, um, to the, this big mural, you know, we're all painting together. And that sounds, that sounds a little abstract and a little heady. Um, but you know, you said I go from, I go from the inside out. So that's definitely what I do. But you know, these gifts are really about, um, again, this process of once you strip away some of the prescriptions and the rules and maybe living for other people, then you start to, which of course we know is a difficult process in and of itself to let go of the mask and to, you know, none of us will say, oh, I want to live, um, I want to live by other people's rules. But then when we're faced with the reality of not doing that, it actually is fairly, it's scary. <laughs> and so- kind of naked, isn't it? Yes, exactly. It's, that's a great word for it. It's, you're, yeah, you're just out there exposed and yeah. it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm supposed to be myself now. Um, so, um, but that really is the, the key, you know, so these gifts that I'm talking about, you know, are really one, your, you know, your freak flag, if you want to, if you want to call it that, but, um, they're anything from the things that you, you know, maybe you have a gift for verbal expression, you know, gifts are really about self-expression. They're about how we express um, who we are. So maybe your gift is, is about words and it's about making sense of the complexity of life 
through words. That doesn't mean that you have to become a writer. Maybe it means, you know, I have a podcast. I think one of my gifts is communicating. Um, I would much rather talk than write, um, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe one of your gifts is, is really about um, complex problem solving, um, which could mean lots of different things. Or one of your gifts maybe is about nature and loving nature. Or like for you, you are, you have a gift that's deeply interpersonal. And so one of the things you said to me very early on is like, I think you were saying a rabbi had told you once that 99% of the work in therapy is being present. Like to me, that's a gift, like the ability, the capacity to be present. So when I'm encouraging people to think about their, their gifts, I'm really inviting them on a journey of curiosity mm -hmm. and gentle inquiry um, mm -hmm. and, um, and really any way that they can show up expressing themselves um, mm -hmm. authentically. And that could be in, in speaking of long-term sexual recovery or any recovery, that could very much be in a meeting. That could be in working your steps. Um, any opportunity where you are telling your story in an honest and authentic and genuine real way is you sharing your essence. I get so much more out of like sitting with someone having an authentic conversation, hearing their story than I do about mm -hmm. like being impressed by someone's like achievements and accolades. Those are all mm -hmm. gifts and that's great, but um, I'm much more compelled by someone's truth. Mm -hmm. So does that make sense? It does. And what I'm hearing is it's that heart space connection that that's really moving for you. Mm. And for many of us, I think there's something about that that is incomparable. Um, but I just wanted to highlight something that that I know about you, which elaborates on what you just said. Not only are you a terrific communicator and have a wonderful podcast, but but your presence is fantastic. And uh, from the time I met you, the reason why I think we clicked and, and worked together so well is because both of us have, I think, cultivated that, that presence. And that's not something that can be taken lightly. It, it's, mm. it's really a lifetime of being in the moment and, and really being able to authentically listen and understand. And I know that those are things that, that you bring to your clients, which I have known for 16 years now. Thank you. Yeah, that's just taking that into my heart. <laughs> good, good. Please do. <laughs> it's a lovely Absolutely. thing to hear on a Friday afternoon. Thank you. That's right. Um, that's right. Yeah, it's, I mean, and I, it, you're right. I love the, the, the language of cultivating. Mm -hmm. cultivating that space. And I, I don't think, you know, when I'm thinking about recovery, for instance, like that's so, I, my personal belief is that any, whether it's compulsive sexual behavior or, you know, um, any sort of addiction, that it starts out as a, as a, I mean, you said in your book, it's a heartbrokenness is the root cause. So it starts out as a, it, it is a heart venture in a way, you know, it is a way to get heart needs met um, yeah. that in, um, and, and to, and to actually move closer to ourselves. And, you know, I think 
unconsciously, but then of course the behaviors take over and they move us away from ourselves. And so, you know, this coming back to your gifts and discovering that you have gifts in long-term recovery, especially is, um, I mean, so, so challenging because you do really have to challenge all that negative programming that, you know, through, um, years of however long, you know, your, Mm -hmm. your problematic behaviors were your addiction was, you know, if it was, um, you know, a substance, all that stuff moves you away from your gifts and basically tells you you're not gifted and you don't have gifts and that you, and like, you're not cultivating, you can't cultivate presence because you can't be with yourself, mm-hmm. you know? Um, right. So I don't know where I was going with that, but. <laughs> well, where, what I heard, <laughs> what I heard, Buck, is, is that um, gifts are sometimes buried treasure. Mm. And, and it's not always easy to access them. And one of the things <clears throat> that I wanted to highlight is the fact that it's really scary to uncover one's gifts, right? If mm-hmm. if there's been so much focus on what's wrong and, and there's been trauma in the background and there's been defects of character focused on and all kinds of things that look at the problem, you're really shifting gears and saying, what, what's right in you? What is it that is really meaningful within you? So what do you do with those fears and barriers that might come up for your clients? Such a good question. Um, So thank you for asking, because you're right. I mean, it is, um, I think this is where sometimes people foreclose and decide, nope, I'm not, I can't go any further, Um, which is, of course, heartbreaking to think that someone would not want to kind of you know, they miss the buried treasure, you know, you, you sort of stop the search before you find the, the treasure, but, you know, so, and I see this every day, you know, I see this with, you know, I recently did a call, a consultation call with someone. And, you know, I think he was just like, oh gosh, I, I'm not ready for that. And which I understand, I understood, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I always start with self-compassion. That to me is, you know, I've studied with, Kristen Neff and you know that the, the mindful self-compassion work and to me that is I mean it's challenging in and of itself mm-hmm. honestly to yes. kind of acknowledge just what you're feeling and that like this is this is a moment of difficulty this is a moment of suffering um that I have goodness I can treat myself with loving kindness that mm-hmm. practice alone is um is a tool that I start with. I don't know that there's, you know, I mean, without getting too far into the weeds of like therapy and things like that, you mm-hmm. know, that for me is just beginning to acknowledge, you know, that like, oh yeah, this is, this is difficult for me to imagine uh, myself as anything other than flawed um, or mm-hmm. problematic or out of control um, or, traumatized um so mm-hmm. but then i think as we begin to do that you know beginning to then expand into looking at some of the stories and the narratives and thinking about the perceptions and beginning to make that distinction between the reality and my perception of reality 
you know, it's one thing to have an image of myself as all negative and a narrative of myself that's saturated with problems. Mm-hmm. It's another thing for that to be true. You know, I like to say to clients, you know, feelings are real, but they're not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. Um, so the experience, of course, is real. The story may not be entirely accurate. So mm-hmm. if we can begin to sort of tell tell a new story, um, and that, again, at midlife is such a big piece of what I'm doing, and I think it's analogous to recovery, um, mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, I can write a different story. Um, and one of the things, you know, again, to bring it back to like, how do I help clients sit with that? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Rick Hansen's work? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm not like super familiar with it, but he does talk about like the negativity bias and mm-hmm. how, our, how mm-hmm. our brains and you know, are sort of like wired to only, or sort of like overvalue mm-hmm. like, the negative. And right. then he talks about taking in the good mm-hmm. and literally like for 20 seconds at a time, see if you can't hold on to that good mm-hmm. feeling. So see if I can't hold on for a moment to that feeling of like my, that I have value mm-hmm. and that I, just for being me, just for being worthy. And I can speak to that from my own experience because I've, while I may have some talents as far as like, uh, I have some talents, but like I've never really pursued anything to the point of like mastery. And I always mm-hmm. felt bad about myself because of that. Um, and now I've sort of really flipped that script and realized like, oh, I have so many, I don't need to do anything to be a gifted person and have gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like the fact that I'm here and care and have a heart and mm-hmm. like show up every day, even if I'm lazy and unproductive and you know, like <laughs> don't want to go to work, <laughs> um, that I still have gifts. So right part of this is like just helping people realize that you don't, you don't have to do anything to, to get in touch with your gifts and your Mm -hmm. giftedness. Right. There's no pressure. There's no pressure. No, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. Right. Right. That's all the kind of like the stuff that we have to slough off. (laughs) Right. You know, right. Those ideas. Right. And, and it really is, an identity shift, right? Because you're talking about giving up or sloughing off some of that that old skin that doesn't belong anymore and and stepping into actually what's always been there. Mm -hmm. I call it your native talents, but we could call Mm -hmm. it anything that that we're born with. It's like reclaiming your birthright. Mm -hmm. And, And so... What I heard just to circle back to the question is that it's about timing and and some people are in a a place of readiness and and some people need to wait and there's no right or wrong about that, of course, but I hear that you're carefully assessing when somebody is really in a position to take on the, the kind of experience that you offer them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because, um, I'm thinking of a, a course, my, a course that, I, you know, I'm creating a course on, on midlife. Yeah, fantastic. You know, part of the, um, and I love that native talent. I'm, I'm going to have to reference you on that. But, and also mm-hmm. stepping into this 
as, right. as you were saying, stepping into, I was thinking of embodying this new identity. And right. you, I mean, obviously you're a somatic experiencing practitioner, you know, it's like this, that's such a big part of this. So mm -hmm. in my course, there's a, there's a fair number of somatic practices to get people kind of into their bodies. And, um, but one of the way the course is laid out is, is that the first phase of really reimagining your midlife is completing the past. So, you know, kind of letting go of some of the ghosts, exercising some of the ghosts, you know, really right. It's also acknowledging the accomplishments of sure. your past, but, right. you know, this idea that if I step right into, I mean, maybe someone's done that work already, but if they haven't done that work, then that's, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, let's activate your superpowers. Right. You know, that's not, it's not time for that. Um, but I want them to know, like in the course, that's a, that's part of the trajectory of this. If you can do this, this work of your past and releasing the things that no longer serve, the next phase is you get to get into your giftedness. I know you don't believe that now, <laughs> but that's what I've seen. And that's what kind of how it works. If you want to, if you choose, you know, so choose your own adventure. It's a, right. If, if you choose to go there, mm -hmm. you choose to think you can feel good about yourself. Right. Right. And, you know, one thing that I remember uh, working with my coach many years ago, who I, I think back on this very fondly is she used to say to me, you know, sometimes I'll walk beside you. Sometimes I'll walk behind you and, and you get to choose how I participate in your process of discovery. And, and so it felt like there was a lot of room, even though she was right there with me. Um, ultimately, it was something that was up to me to just to step into it and to pace myself in, in that way. And um, she also had another saying, she would say that, um, and I'm probably going to misquote it, but it was something like, um, it's not that anything has to happen but it's simply what could happen. Ooh, <laughs> juicy. Yeah, yeah, right. Because for me, it was like, oh, okay. So, so I get to play with the possibilities. I don't have to feel locked into anything. Yes. Yeah, and you get to choose. I love that. Right. It's like you, you get to make the choice and there's, yeah, play with possibility. Right, right. that's what I, I mean, that for me was a game changer. You right. know, and, and what I, my wish is for, for anyone, you know, really um, that, yeah, yeah, there's to play with possibility that there's possibility has play too, has probably been, um, has just not been a part of your experience, perhaps, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's, uh, that's okay, you know, and that's uh, just been part of the journey and actually is a part of what makes you you and mm -hmm. what is part of your power honestly um right. and your purpose and all of that but um yeah i love that playing with possibility and just and mm -hmm. but being i like having the space right. to play like you're in a field like you don't have to you don't have to go right. anywhere you just get to like be in an open space exactly yeah so 
I also am aware, Buck, that you work with a lot of different clients, but you specialize in working with gay men, especially gay men in midlife, to activate their superpowers. So I'm wondering maybe if you could share a little bit more about what you mean by this. What, what is a gay superpower? And, and how does that fit into your, your course, to, to your work, just so... Um, everyone has a sense of, of how that looks like and how it, how it's applied. Yeah, it's, um, I love talking about gay superpowers, by the way, um, <laughs> regardless of whether I'm talking about gay or queer men or not, because I want, like, I think everybody has gay superpowers. Um, so the, the idea of gay superpowers came to me through my coach. So it's funny you were talking about your coach, my mm-hmm. former coach. Uh, mm-hmm. Most recently, my coach was Linda Landon, who you connected me with. So she and I connected after, you know, 14 years. Um, wow. I know. Yeah, crazy. So, um, but I read this book that my coach Ray Rigoglioso had written called Gay Men and the New Way Forward. And it was based on his work with groups of of gay men in New York City. And basically he came up with this theory. It wasn't necessarily his own theory. It was um, a kind of a continuation and evolution of, of um, queer male thought leaders. But basically the idea was that, you know, gay men have a social and cultural purpose. You know, we have a role to play and that we have in, in society and that it is time in evolution, our own evolution as a community or communities and in our society as a whole that we begin to honor and embrace that, you know, gay men, because of our experience growing up in a mostly heterosexual world, have certain experience, have perspectives, sensibilities, and ways of seeing the world, um, including gifts and certain hidden utilities that need like society needs us. Society needs its gay men. That's what Ray's like nutshell theory was. And he said that we all have gifts, which I've taken to call superpowers. And, you know, some of those gifts, you know, that he said, you know, the capacity to be models of truly living authentically and truly being shame resilient or Mm. um, being models of what he called sustainable manhood. I like to call it conscious masculinity. Um, Mm help like I think gay men are here potentially to help non-gay men release themselves from shame mm. but you know I think we have to do that in our we are called to do that first in a lot of ways um <laughs> you know we talked about being a consciousness expander so the this really touched me and the reason I translated it from gift to superpower is just because I saw it as you know a tool these are tools that you know gay men end up using kind of unconsciously uh, to express our, who we are, express our gifts in the world and live our purpose. And when I, the reason I emphasize this so much in my work with gay men is because there's such an emphasis on shame and self-loathing and having very low, low and or uncertain self-worth. So when I flip the script or we flip the script rather and we turn it on its head and it's like, yeah, you got shamed and you feel shamed and you were othered and all that stuff. But that's just the beginning of your story. And in mm-hmm. fact, all those experiences are actually what cre- have created within you mm-hmm. this, these, these power tools 
for lack of a better word. You know, there's mm-hmm. ways of like existing in society mm-hmm. um, that are like shame busters, you know, and and are paradigm shifters. And so I think gay men tend to not acknowledge that. You know, we come out and then it's like, okay, we're out and now that's it. You know, that was my, my gay experience other than, um, I know your listeners are this is not exclusively LGBTQ or anything, but mm-hmm. oftentimes we struggle in our community with mental health issues, with things like that because of depression, discrimination, all that stuff. So I'm really trying to ch- challenge that narrative. Mm-hmm. A, no, actually you're, you're actually far more powerful than you know. Um, and so, so th- that's where I got into to the idea of superpowers and, mm-hmm. and we all can relate to superheroes and it's something that is mm-hmm. we love and uh, it's like we all like the idea of a hidden utility mm-hmm. you know um and kind of being stealth right so it's that sort of way that you move in the world that like maybe people don't know you have a superpower mm-hmm. but you're you know using it for good of course Mm -hmm. Um, this is we're not talking about for evil Um, hopefully (laughs) hopefully right yeah if you're not conscious then yes (laughs) your superpowers will be used for evil but um so yeah it's just this idea of you know if our gifts are like who we are then our superpowers are you know the tools we use to express those express that and we're almost out of time but i wanted to just ask you if there is anything in particular or maybe a few things that you really want to highlight to let our listeners know what 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 you feel um, you would like them to take from our conversation today? Absolutely. And this is um, actually tied to the superpower conversation because the way, just like with gay men, you know, the superpowers for us are found through the the adversity and through the otherness and the things that we would consider our, our, our worst wounds. So I'm thinking of your listeners in long-term recovery or maybe new, newer in recovery that I really want to encourage you if you're struggling with not feeling powerful right now or you're not tapping into your power to look to your recovery. That is a, to use your language, a buried treasure of your superpowers. So potentially it could be about you are you are called to heal. You are called to sit with suffering. You are called to be accepting of 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 people or you know with folks um, in long-term sexual recovery, you're called to be a sexual leader. Mm-hmm. And to help people redefine intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, when that, I, I mean, I think that's like amazing to think of folks in mm-hmm. long-term sexual recovery as the mm-hmm. teachers mm-hmm. and the models of sexual health. I mean, who, who better? It's incredibly beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm vibrating with what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Cause that's the sexual health model right there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's in your book too. I was going to reference your, your sexual on purpose and, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it's, and not again to your point about timing you know don't feel pressure i know i get all vibrating too and excited and like but that's like that comes in time and that's your choice right 
you know, you don't have to, that doesn't mean you have to go be a teacher of sexual health, but you are a model of it. Right. And, and isn't it one person at a time, right? Mm, it might be yes. a, a partner or a child or a, a friend, but it doesn't have to be grand. We're not talking about superpowers taking over the world. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. One per exactly. That's, I think we get caught in that, that mm -hmm. it has to be grand and big and all over social media with followers. No, mm -hmm. no, 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 not at all. Yeah. Impact is one person at a time. Yeah. Anything else you want to share before we wind down? No, I just, I feel really grateful to be here and I just, uh, thank you for the opportunity and and um, for anyone who out there who's listening and feels maybe that they're, there's a voice inside them that is saying, yeah, I think I have some gifts or I think I have maybe some special, unique superpowers um, that there's a way for you. First of all, yes, you do for sure. And that there's a that's your soul calling really. And yes, it's kind of intimidating to think of it that way. Um, mm -hmm. But we're all on that journey. We're all that's mm -hmm. the stuff of life. And that's mm -hmm. the good stuff. If you are getting that call, um, then please do us all a favor and, and share that with us. Because mm -hmm. like, I want to see I want to see your gifts and like your superpowers because I don't have all of them. You know, we all are here to like participate and contribute. Um, so that's, that's my kind of parting, parting, parting gift. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. So thank you, Buck. I, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is to see you. And, um, and I look forward again to crossing paths um, once more in different ways. I know that there's a lot of folks out there who are going to benefit from your new course and, and how things are unfolding for you. Um, and, and by the way, I don't know if we said this, but um, as a coach, Buck is available to folks all over the country. Yes. So it's really important to know that although he's based in Austin, Texas, any of you who are listening can contact him and, and he's well worth it. So <laughs> I, I, can highly, highly recommend uh, Buck as a coach and a therapist. And um, thank you. I, I will uh, end it there and, and we'll uh, be in touch one way or the other. Thank you, Andrew. This has been a, a real treat. In here. Take good care. You too. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. It was such a treat to share the time with my colleague and old friend, Buck Dotson and discussing this really vital topic that affects those affected by compulsive sexual behavior. Please be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes or share our podcast on Spotify. And if there are any topics that you would like us to discuss in the future, just let us know. I look forward to you joining us on future podcasts and thanks again for being with us today.